You are you now, are now listening, listening to The War the Report, Report. Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night War, War Room. Room With your host, host C-Dope It's your boy C. The Walker Well, I got my boys with me Mike, Mike. G. G Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development Ice Jones, Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape And be real Which is not normal for me It's taking something out of me are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday night war. Let's go! War Eagle, everyone. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. I hope you guys are doing well. It's just the three of us tonight, guys. Be Will is off tonight, but we got you guys. Make sure you come on in and welcome again to the Wednesday Night War Room. Be sure to smash that like button. Be sure to drop a War Eagle in the comments section for the Auburn family. And please help us out, guys, and do your part. If you're on social media, share this video. Add us on social media. Please use hashtag get your weight up. Let people know we're out here dropping great content for you guys. That helps us out a ton. Guys, how are y'all doing, man? Y'all doing good? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for Ike. <laughs> I'm here for Ike too, man. I'm We've been holding Ike. Ike back all all season, but pertaining to a, per, a, a particular individual. Now, before we get into that, though, let's let's start off with some pleasantries. All right, let's not get into the smoke just yet. A big congrats to Bo Nix for landing his NIL deal with Bojangles. Yeah, cleverly done, and he also got engaged over the weekend. So, congrats. To that fella, uh, yeah. we we can sh- definitely show Bo some love when he's making moves like that. So congrats yeah. to that fine gentleman definitely. for that. Now, let's get to the foolery, guys. Let's just get straight into it. We've been getting tagged for the past 24 hours on social media about this. There's no way we were going to get around this. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Big Cat Bryant. And some comments he made. So recently, Mike Bianchi, I think I'm saying it right, of the Orlando Sentinel was interviewing him and basically asked, with him being in the SEC, having played in the SEC, how does he feel or how does he think that UCF, Central Florida, would fare in the SEC? How would they match up? To which he responds, right now, we'd beat somebody like Auburn for sure. He continues to go on and doubles back down on it. Then proceeds to talk about Ole Miss as well. Okay. Um, Stutters a little bit more, struggles through his answer. That's pretty much the nucleus of it. We'll beat Auburn. Even though it wasn't a gotcha question, as, as Mike G originally thought. Nope. Nope, he just went out there and just took a shot. Uh, just to give you guys background on on Mar- Markavius, uh Bryant, if you remember he committed to Auburn back in 2017 and held some impressive offers uh, at the time. Chose Auburn over the likes of Georgia, LSU, and a few other schools. Alabama, I believe, was, was a school he had an offer from. In 2020, he had a total of 17 total tackles, 10 solo, Three sacks, one interception, which actually earned him a second-team All-SEC pick. For his career, he holds a total of 56 total tackles, 30 solo, 
10 sacks and two interceptions. Back in January 10th, he announced that he will utilize the NCAA's free year of eligibility, but will be entering the transfer portal by which he committed to Tennessee six days later. But after the shakeup that occurred at Tennessee, he ended up announcing that he was transferring to UCF on March the 12th. We hadn't heard much from Big Cat until a couple of days ago or a day ago. So that's where we are. Um, There's a lot I could say about this. But before we get into it, I want to shout out uh, Zach Blackerby for having us to be guests on his podcast, Locked on Auburn. Friend of the show. We're definitely friends of his. You guys definitely want to check out the latest uh, episode that he dropped because it features yours truly as part of what he has dubbed War Report Wednesdays. Uh, Mike G and I had an opportunity to give our thoughts. So we've kind of talked about it. So I don't want to be the person to go first. Talking to Ike behind the scenes. Ike has a lot of thoughts about this. So let's not waste time. Ike. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let, let me key, let me key him up. First of all, if you just started watching our show, this man has had a very consistent position on Big Cat. <laughs> uh, yes. So if you watch any of our stuff from yes. the fall, he has had his feelings about this particular player and has been consistent, which is why this is a very special night in War Report history. <laughs> so I just want to make sure everybody understands Ike has been... Everything, everything you, you're about to hear, he would have said pre-January. I'm just saying. Okay. He was actually saying it in January, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all good. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah. I mean, listen. Like? Big Cat. My, my issue, my issue, sir, is that in the four years that you graced the Plains, you were... Pro Auburn, big family, all that kind of stuff. And you took an unnecessary opportunity to take a jab at your former team. The question was just about whether or not, which if if he had answered the question, you know what? I think that this team is super talented. Yes, they could compete in the SEC. I'd have no issues with that. I think it's cap, but you know, hey, it is what it is. You feel like your team can compete in the SEC? That's what's up. Cool. To go the additional step and say they definitely beat a team like, I don't know, Auburn. Like that's the only team that you could pull out of the hat from the SEC that they could possibly compete against is Auburn. Is just that's where I just have to like, you know, draw like like Vanderbilt doesn't exist. Like South Carolina doesn't exist. Like Arkansas, listen, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina have less wins combined in his entire time while he was at Auburn than I believe Auburn had last year. And I just like, they just don't win SEC. Like, how is Auburn the name that comes out of your mouth? And they don't, and, and they don't want smoke with Ole Miss. Right. And of all the people to make that comment, it's you. Mr. Can't Seal the Edge? Mr. Whiff on every sack? Big Cat spent four years at Auburn and has a combined 30 tackles. 30. 3 zero yes. in That's four correct. years. Tell him, tell him how many he missed. I... 
He's missed. Was the number 50? You know, he missed 20 tackles. 20, excuse me. So he has 50 <laughs> attempts at tackling someone, and he missed almost half of those. But that's the guy who went to Tennessee, couldn't stay there long enough, I guess, after the p- program fizzled out, tried to go to Oklahoma. That didn't happen. Landed at UCF. But this is the guy that chose to say something about Auburn. Same guy who, again, the total number of tackles you had last, excuse me, for four years, I believe it was Colby Wooden who came in late last season, or was it Chandler Mm -hmm. Wooden? Which one of those came in late last season? Colby Wooden had almost 30 tackles in like six games last year playing the exact same position that you had. In four years, he equaled your output in six games last season. This is the guy, admittedly, he was hurt, that Stetson Bennett made look like a freshman or a high school player. Stetson Bennett shook him out of, out of shoes. Right out of him. This is yeah. the guy that supposedly plays for a team that could beat Auburn today. Based on what, sir? Criteria, are, are you making that statement? Now, we can say what we want to about Bo Nix. Bo Nix will probably put you in, in the hurt locker. Thanks. You can't tackle Stetson Bennett. Bo Nix will make you look silly. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Right. Thanks. Let's be clear on that. I, I'm surprised that you your hair does not look like Kevin Durant because you don't know what an edge is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. roast them. Yeah. Roast yeah. That guy. Right. Mm-hmm. That oh, guy. Like, I, I don't know how you are able to drive on cliffs and out just tumble over because you don't know what an edge is. Mm. Mm. Like, I don't I don't know who gave you the room to be able to say anything about anybody's ability to beat anybody at anything. Except maybe like lifting weights. You do that really well. Mr. Four Star with 30 tackles in four years. You. Mm. Okay. Four years. Four years. Okay. That's not even 10 tackles per year, sir. No, it's not. That's less than 10 tackles per year. It's not, that's that's not 10 tackles per year. Per year on the defensive line where they're running right at you a lot. And you said your stated goal was 15 sacks this season. You have not had that single output in a year on average of total tackles, but you're going to get 15 sacks this season, mm-hmm. apparently, because the competition so great where UCF plays that you will more than triple your output for your entire career in once. Okay. All right, cool. Make that make sense to me and then come back and have a statement about how your team could beat Auburn based upon the output of a bowl game, which you were on the team that year registered no tackles the entirety of that game. So yeah. Tell me again, how your team is equipped to do that. All right, cool. Listen, I've been, I've been so kind to be, I have not said anything mean about this young man. Um, And he's earned a lot of, as a matter of fact, I took up for him early in the season and talked about how his senior year was going to be a breakout season for him. And he was going to be a big guy when he came back from his injury. And somehow you have mustered the audacity. You found it somewhere. I don't know where you put it, 
and and you were hiding it all this time, but you found it somewhere and decided to let it spew from your mouth in this interview about UCF's chances to beat Auburn. Okay. Okay. If you feel like that, sure, sir. Have all the confidence you want to in your team. Are you going to contribute to that? How many tackles would you have in that game, sir? Mm, mm, oof. Tank Bigsby would be the guy you'd be responsible for keeping off the edge. I'm taking Tank 10 times out of 10. Sean Shivers probably would run over Big Cat. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We give him the Iron Bowl treatment from Sean. So I, I'm done. I'm not going to say anything else about him. I've spent you way sure? too much time talking about him already. Mm-hmm. Um, sure? But, you know, it is what it is, sir. Um, you know, wish you the best of luck. Uh, 15 sacks. I hope you get it. I don't know how you do, but I hope you do. Um, but, you know, hey, wrap up when you go to go tackle somebody. Don't just dive at them. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, when he said he was going to get 15 sacks, I was wondering if he was talking about, like, his his uh, Madden career and, like, career mode on Madden. Like, like maybe he was going to create I mean, his I thought maybe he was going to work at a grocery store somewhere and he yeah. meant that he was going to actually be bagging groceries right. and get 15. Sacks of potatoes? Yeah, like, something like, like that. 15 sacks when you're uh, checking out in a self-checkout right. at Walmart. Cause, yeah, like, listen, yeah. so I want to go a different direction with my roast. And just talk about culture for a second. That's not even roasting him. I'm just asking questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a roast. You roast it. Yeah, you yeah. got him. Oh, yeah. just... <laughs> Come on, yeah. bro. Yeah. I, think yeah. I, hear, yeah. I think I hear a Mortal Kombat guy <laughs> saying, finish yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he gave him the sub-zero treatment just now. But l- listen, so I could not be happier that we made a change at coach after hearing this man just go do that because how many sound bites like that have you heard come out of the Auburn camp at six months since Brian Harson has taken over as coach? The closest thing you're going to get is the statement from Tony fair about taking off the head of the elephant. That's the closest thing. Right. That you right. Get. Which right. was a tweet. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, or, you know, Bose, we're not scared of Bama, but he was asked a specific question and he answered it. Now, I didn't really feel like that was a soundbite. I thought he answered, well, I think it, it, it projects oh, yeah, no. confidence to just say, we're, we're not scared of them. I know you guys want us to be scared. Right. But we're not scared. Of them. Fine with that. This, like, when I first heard it, like, you know, you guys started, when I got tagged, I just thought, man, oh, man, he fell for a gotcha question by a reporter. Because it seemed like an obvious gotcha question. And then I went back and I watched the interview. And after I watched it, I was like, wow, like, Literally, he could have just said, yes, we feel like we can compete with any team in the country, yeah. not just the SEC. There's so many different ways he could have went with that, right. with that. But he was clearly feeling, he was in his feelings and just said, we could definitely beat a team like Auburn. Now, let's talk about what a team like Auburn is. Well, it's not the team you left, sir. Certainly, and especially not on defense. Because the team that you're talking about returns the top tackler in the country in Zacoby McLean. And his average tackles per game are your average tackles per year. So that we're clear. Right. Right? Uh, And Owen Papo is the second leading returning tackler in the SEC. So that's the team you're going to beat? Now, let's go a little, let's dig a little deeper. You now have the coach responsible for that team that you think you can beat. Because what you remember is not what's here anymore. 
All that softness, all that extra three-ply Charmin softness that was in our team left with you, sir. It's not the same team. Work hard work. That's what they've been talking about. Ask these guys about the Marine-like training they went through. How excited they are just about the difference in strength and conditioning. That's not the team. I get why you think you could beat Auburn because you remember the team you left. Right. Not the soldiers we got now. And I pray and hope to God for you that you don't have to play this new team because the offense that you would be going up against is not the offense you left. This isn't the Bo Nix you left. This isn't the O-line you left. And it will be the Tank Bigsby times 10 that you left. This isn't the same play calling. Like, what an asinine thing to do, right? And, And what a lack of discipline. Come on, man. The season hasn't even started. And you talking about your mouth writing checks that your body can't cash? This is it. Because you have accomplished nothing on the football. I hate nothing. to see kids, He's kids do this. N- nothing. nothing, bro. Like, yes. You can't, like, you don't even right. have the resume to talk like this. What are you no, doing? No, no, man. Right, right. Son, you're not even Dequan Newkirk, bro. Right. Like, come on, let's be for real. But, but attitude reflects leadership. Yeah. And look who his leader is. That's all I'm saying. Because you didn't immediately follow him to UCF. Right. You tried to go to Tennessee first. Right. And Oklahoma. Now, right. Now you're technically like at your third school in months. But this is what you want to put out there in the universe? Come on, man. And I, you know what? I, other, I, aside from that, I just think he would have more respect for his former teammates. Yeah. If nothing else, the guys who you used to put the uniform Play like with, again, if you not at, go out of your way. You hear him talking about family and all that. It's such a, a you know the the reason why he loves Auburn so much and he wanted to be there for his senior year was this family environment and you know riding for the brand and all that kind of stuff, bro. The brand still exists whether you're here or not. What are you doing? What are we right. doing here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would like to see a little bit more humility from him. This is a guy. Th- think about how blessed you are. For you to underachieve the way you did for four years and COVID gives you another year to get into the Facts. NFL. Thanks. After telling you that at best you are a free agent. If that. If that at best, right. you're the, a free agent. The best opportunity he would have had is if somebody picked him up because he wasn't going to get drafted. Let's be clear. He wasn't squad. getting drafted. Tackles in four practice years squad. is not getting you drafted, sir. He was Pre- not getting drafted. He went to Tennessee because Pruitt, who was the head coach at the time, recruited him. Yeah. Tried to recruit him to Alabama. So he knew who he was. Still was over there at the time. He's going to Tennessee. He lands softly at Tennessee. He's leaving Auburn. He left Auburn. No one asked him to leave. Yeah, didn't get. That's the crazy part. None of that. Auburn is your Auburn was your home. We were still rooting for you. You left. 
a few fumbled Happy Meals later at Tennessee. There's a new coach coming in who doesn't know you. Now you're scrambling. And you land at a group of five school. And still lack humility. Still think you're that kid. What, where's the humility, man? I, I, and, and you're going to beat Auburn with us. You're going to beat Auburn with a school that went six and four in the American Athletic Conference? You came, you went six and four in your own conference. So you just going to go to the SEC and start beating people? That's how that works? Right. Yeah. This says a lot more about Gus to me. And sadly, it says more about Gus than it does him. Because if I'm Gus, why would I put him in front of media? Yeah, right. Come on. Why would man. I put him in front of the media? We ain't talking about a tweet. Forget about Tony Fair. Why would you put him in front of media? Could you imagine Brian Harson putting him oh. in front of Brian Matthews? Yeah. JG? Could you imagine that? Mm. Could you imagine the train wreck that would be? You don't know who to put in front of the media after coaching nine years as a head coach. That's who you put to represent your program. We can talk about Big Cat. This is on Gus. You told him to talk to them. Yeah, but more importantly, I think it's, again, I think for for, for us as Auburn fans, because there's a lot of talk about Big Cat, I think it just signals why a culture change was so important. Absolutely. Right? Like, this is part of what left. And I think this is why we saw so many guys say I'm out after they saw what yeah. Brian Harson was bringing. Yeah. You know, because this is not something that would have flown. I, I just don't believe, I mean, now this is somewhat anecdotal evidence, right? Like, I just don't believe this would fly under Harson. I don't. I really don't. I think that he would, I think he sent a message to this team already. Yeah. Whether we're going to do our talking on the field. We're going to do it in the weight room. We're going to do it in practice. And then that is going to carry over to Saturdays. So for him to, you know, again, it, I just felt like it was a lot of disrespect to his former teammates, you know, to say, um, because the, the, the Auburn that, that he thinks he can beat so easily, he had a hand in creating. Yeah. As did his coach. I had a UCF fan trying to flex on me on Twitter talking about 34-27, which was the score of the bowl game in 2017 when we played them. You know, Caesar responded very eloquently. Make sure you tweet that score at your coach since he is the one responsible for that. He's your problem now. Right. Programs do not make a coach. A coach makes a program. Yeah. That's the way that goes every single time. You do not go to a program and then become a good coach because you're at that program. Right? You hire a good coach and then he turns your program into a good program. So after watching eight years of what he did at Auburn, I just don't know why you would be excited. I'm a UCF fan about him coming to my school unless I don't expect to play anybody worth a damn. Because what we just put up with was 
top 10 talent finishing outside the top 25 more times than not. Now you think, now he may find, listen, he may, he inherited what should be one of the better returning quarterbacks in all of the country in Dylan Gabriel. So there might be lots of sunshine pumping after this season. I'm still not convinced that they're going to get by Boise State to start the year, but we'll see. But there's no doubt it is, it is, it is absolutely 100% accurate to say the level of competition that he'll face from week to week is going to be much lower athletically on the field and in terms of coaching minds that he has to strategize against every week. Yeah. So, you know, where we're at, where that leaves us at Auburn is, is that we should feel really good about the move, the, the, the decision to move on. Great. Because this whole big cat debacle is a reflection of the leadership that he received. And, and, and listen, if that's not true, I'd have to believe that they grabbed him after this interview and said, what are you doing? I'm talking to you, Travis Williams. I'm getting all my bullhorn and I'm talking to you, Travis Williams. Right? Is that what you're pushing? Is that what y'all teaching? Now, knowing what I know about Travis, I think not. And none of us will ever know what they say to Big Cat. I'm just saying, I'm like, listen, I just this was a bad look. This was a bad look. You know what it reminded me of? It, it's, it, it's like, um, you know, now he had game, but I'm saying like, it was like a Baker Mayfield moment. <clears throat> like, do y'all remember in the playoff game, Oklahoma versus Georgia? And they were kind of taking it to Georgia. And Baker just got a little too smug too early. Right. Yeah. And we all know how that ended. They got the boot from the playoff in Georgia. They had no quitting. None. I think they proved it in the championship game against Alabama as well, too. That team had no quit. Right. Because their culture is grinded out, work hard, you know, do the little things right, you know, and hopefully you're a champion. This right here, man, if this is indicative, I mean, some people will say, oh, you know, war poor guys, you guys are overreacting to this. This is not a big deal, especially if you're a UCF fan. But I'm telling you, you know, uh, we have a coach that's preaching that the little things matter. (laughs) Yeah. I've been taught that my whole life. So this is one of those little things that matter. Auburn family, war report family, we should be grateful for the chance to start over. And get this right with with the kids that stayed and for all the kids that will be coming in. I don't ever want to hear any sound bites like this coming out of our locker room. Ever. And I'm and I'm grateful that while Big Cat is talking about beating an imaginary opponent that he'll never see. Right. We're talking about being one and oh. Thanks. We're talking about winning the day. It's on the wall in the locker room. It's on the shirt. It's, it's what they do. They're, they're winning their day. 
Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report, and you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Building Rapport, are going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Auburn definitely has a new commitment. He's mentioned on some sites as Kobe, but Jacoby Albert commits to Auburn University. Now, this kid here makes it the, I believe this is the ninth commit of the 2022 class and the fourth four-star, according to AuburnSports.com. And I believe he is this, I saw it was seventh, but I believe he is the sixth commit within the past month or so. And this kid comes from Fairfield, Alabama. Fairfield. Yeah. Six feet, 180 pounds. According to ArmandSports.com, he's the 38th ranked receiver in the 2022 class. He is the 12th rated recruit in the state of Alabama. And though he is listed as a receiver, he is expected to play safety in Derek Mason's defense. He chooses Auburn over Michigan and Maryland and a few other offers. Uh, Had a pretty impressive uh, year. He only played nine games due to COVID. And he played some receiver and some safety during his junior year season in 2020. He ended up uh, accounting for 851 all-purpose yards with 11 touchdowns. And on defense... He had a total of 29 tackles, one interception, and nine pass breakups. This is our latest recruit. He he talked about how, you know, he I watched his video on Auburn Sports where he could actually discuss this commitment. It seems like a pretty good kid. One of the things I want to talk about before I, I hand this off to the guys to discuss this latest recruit is I've been impressed with uh, what this staff is doing given the cards that have been dealt to them. There's a story on AuburnSports.com that that uh, Brian Stoltz wrote where he talks about uh, Story, Caden Story's recruitment. And I believe it's his dad talks about how thorough Brian Harson was in terms of communicating his vision and his plan for Auburn. And one of the things that he mentioned was that he's heard coaches talk about what he plans to do. Brian Harson actually showed him, here's what we're doing. And it's almost, in my imagination, it's almost similar to what he did with Alan Green to get him the job. And so for a coach to be that thorough about what he intends to do and how this recruit fits into his vision, fits into his plans, I'm looking forward to this season even more because if he can show progress, if he can show development, if he can show that, hey, I can scheme our impact players open and put them in space so that they can be successful. If I can improve play at the O-line, if I can prove play at the QB position, right? If the defense gets even stronger, now not only do I have a great plan and a presentation and a vision for Auburn, I got results to show. And so it makes me excited about what this season holds and the impact it can have on twenty the 2022 class and beyond. I just want to know what you guys think about this recruitment, the fact that we're picking up, we're picking up steam on the recruiting trail. Ike, talk to me. What are your thoughts on this kid? 
Um, from the little that I was able to kind of get from his tape uh, watching before we got on, he just seems like a football player. Like, I don't think that he is like just this amazing um, safety or this amazing wide receiver. He just seems like a kid that likes playing football. He goes out there and he plays hard. Um, of course, again, I caution everybody, it's a highlight film, right? So you're going to see all of the plays that he made that were really good. But he seems very instinctive. He's got some decent speed um, compared to what he's got going on for the other kids that he's playing with in um, high school. And uh, he's, he's a super willing tackler when he's playing on defense. He's got decent ball skills. Um, so he's attacking the ball at the high point, specifically and looking at uh, the interception that, it, that I saw the highlight from. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do once he gets groomed with uh, someone who actually can teach him the position a little bit. Him playing safety, I think, is probably the best fit um, just because, again, he's not like a really like uh, he's not like overly speedy um, and he's not like an overly like possession ball uh, uh, jump ball type of receiver. Uh, but he has good instinctive skills and, again, a willing tackler. So looking forward to seeing what he can possibly do. Um, in, in a defense coached by someone who's known to create monsters in the defensive backfield. So, um, you know, when he develops, I think he's going to be a beast. He's still kind of slight, right? Like he's only 180 pounds. That's not very big. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, safety, he doesn't have to be huge as long as he's not expected to come down and play in the box. If he's going to be sideline to sideline, he, he's got room to get bigger. So definitely looking forward to seeing what the young man can do. Talk to me, Mike G. What are your thoughts about this pickup? What are your th- thoughts about what this staff is doing, picking up Sting recruiting-wise? Yeah, I like this kid. I'm with Ike on everything he just said, so I won't regurgitate it. But um, it does seem like this staff has been pretty selective in who they're going after, which yeah. reminds me of a certain other coach that we had a while ago that kind of picked players the same way. And when you have a system that can develop kids that you trust, you can be a little bit more selective in the players that you pick. Uh, because, you know, the chances that they are going to be the player that you expect them to be go up when you have a system to develop. So it just occurs to me that they're not going out and just recruiting because this school is recruiting this kid and recruiting based on stars. I mean, they're being kind of selective in the type of player they want. But ultimately, you know, the jury is still out, right? Because like I said, a highlight tape is just that. It shows you everything they did good and not a whole lot of what they've done wrong. Uh, What I will be waiting on is this season to see what we put on the field. That will be a good indication of what we're going to do with the recruits that um, we are getting. Because let's be clear, they went out and they got the best defensive back uh, in that league. What, What do they play in the Big 12? West Virginia? No? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people thought was the best defender in, in that league, and they brought him, brought him to Auburn. You got a kid like Jonathan Kaufman, you brought him to Auburn. Uh, you you return uh, two of the top five tacklers and one and the, be- the top tackler in the country is the Kobe McLean and Owen Papo, right? Um, you've got talent in a lot of spots at the one deep. So at the very least, this should be a serviceable defense. And when I say serviceable, I mean, Auburn's 2019 defense was, I mean, they were good. They were top 10 in the country in in a few very key categories. And 
we were just so inept on offense that it didn't matter in some of those games. So I expect to see at the very least that on the field this year. Um, 2019 Auburn, that should be the floor with, with, with everybody that we have on defense, right? Like a really good defense that was really, honestly, in my opinion, the only defense to slow Joe Burrow down in his Heisman campaign. Yeah. Nobody's defense did better against LSU than ours did. And I know, you know, it was kind of a wet, rainy game or whatever, but I, I don't think that that, you know, dampens what those kids did to LSU's offense that year. So, and, and if they can go out and they can have that kind of production, then the recruiting will somewhat take care of itself. Like with this uh, pickup, I think we jumped up to 50th on rivals in recruiting. So we only have nine recruits in the bag so far. A lot of the teams in the top 25 have well over like 12, 13 recruits. Uh, and so as they start to add pieces, I expect us to finish, finish in the top 25 in recruiting at the very least you know, at the end of this cycle. Uh, but um, we'll see. I mean, ultimately, it all just comes down to what are we going to put on the field? What are we going to put on the field will give us a good indication of what they're going to do with these recruits that are coming in because there's a lot of talent there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Smoke, yeah. Roger, right? Like these these, these transfer kids, you know, Owen, Zacoby, like, holy crap, man. They've got talent. Fair. Yeah. And then... Conversely, on the offensive side of the ball, same thing. I mean, I think I think we have a talented wide receiver room. They're just inexperienced. So everybody's nervous about what they haven't seen, which is fair. Right? And I hope that everybody sleeps on them because hopefully that's what they're thinking going into each game and these guys can go out and just torch people. But, you know, we return what's widely believed to be the best running back in the SEC and tank. You know, our O-line is going to have those guys have to play better. It's the bottom line. They just have to play better. Now, mm. I, I don't think they were as bad as some people thought they were in 2020, but they have to play much better uh, because you're going to have to go out and recruit O-line. And these kids that you're asking to come in need to see that you know what you're doing with O-linemen. So every recruit that we get makes me a little bit more encouraged about this staff's ability to recruit and, and um, evaluate talent. But I'm cautiously optimistic until I see something in the fall. And that's what it always comes back to me. So anytime you guys ask me about a recruit, I'm going to be like, yeah, great. I saw his highlight tape. Looks good. Uh, but that doesn't amount to a hill of beans sometimes. Unless we're talking about like a consensus top yeah, 10. Yeah, Big Cat had a really great highlight tape. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's be real. All right, what does it amount to? You know, he had a great right. highlight tape. It, it amounted to, you know, not even 10 tackles a year in four years. So um, highlight tapes can be deceiving. Um, what we see on those tapes, though, like, again, the small things is what I hope this coaching staff is looking at. So when they evaluated this kid, that they look and that they look at technique and, you know, forget how things turned out. Is he doing the little things well? How much attitude. of a project is he? Yeah, attitude, you know, uh, uh, heart, hustle, all th these other things that are harder to teach. You know, I think um, is what I, I hope they're looking at. So uh, I, I told you guys, attitude reflects leadership. So like once these kids get on campus and we start seeing how they're they're doing, you know, uh, they're giving out these 
and they're pretty close to participation trophies to me, but I, I get it. Like the, these Iron Man of the Week things, we're going to see how much these things actually mean when the season comes. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm going to be looking at everybody who won an Iron Man of the Week <laughs> and see <laughs> if they're playing <laughs> come Saturday. Right. And when they do play, how are they, how are they playing? So were you just gassing us? Or are all these kids actually overperforming in, in practice and in the weight room? We'll see. That's where I'm at about it. We shall see indeed. Do you do you think do you mentioned, you know, expectations of a and it is is it's way too early to tell. I mean, we're just in the month of August. But if Auburn actually finishes outside of the top twenty five, are you disappointed, Mike? Uh, in recruiting? In recruiting. Yeah, a little, because I just feel like, you know, landing anywhere from 25 to 20 shouldn't be that hard. But if we do, it'll mean that we didn't get at least one great get. Okay. You know, I hope they can. I think I hope that this staff can convince at least one top 50 kid. One top 50 kid catapults this class forward like 15, 20 spots. (laughs) Right. So like if they can get a top 50 kid to commit, it's, you know, it would be huge if we can't do that, man. I mean, that would mean that we probably didn't put a product on the field. That people want to sign up for, I'm afraid of what that'll mean in terms of what we saw in the fall. If we can't get into the back half of the top 25. Right. Like, you know, um, we cannot make other schools recruiting pitches against us easier. Right. With the product that we put on the field. Because you already have to recruit against a lot of them that can sell accomplishments that they currently hold. And draft picks and, you know, championships and titles and, 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 and just recognition and they're all over, all around. We don't really have that right now. Come to Auburn, win championships isn't a recruiting line you can really sell right now. Yeah. Right? You can say that we expect to win championships, but realistically, there are other schools in our conference doing that at a higher rate, higher rate than we are. So um, <laughs> you, you've got to be able to sell what you did on the field, what you put on the field. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't mean a 10-win season either. It just means a competitive team that's on the brink. So, you know, if we can't sneak into the top 25 of recruiting, I'm afraid that that might mean that we finished six and six. You know, seven and five, I, I, you know, I've accepted that as a possible outcome, but like, you know, that would still be pretty, pretty disappointing. Eight and four. Okay. Right. We can, Firmly say we're probably headed the right direction. Anything over eight wins to me this year is a bonus, right? But if they can pull those things off, you know, that means that we beat somebody that we were definitely supposed to lose to. At nine and three, we beat somebody that yeah. somebody thought we would lose to. Right. You know, and, and you can sell that to kids. Look what I did in what look what I did in year one. Yeah. So, you know, uh I mean, if you finish eight and four, you've beaten somebody you weren't supposed to beat. Yeah, I, I believe I don't, that. I don't, I don't. I don't think we're favored against Penn State on the road. So well, I, well, we we got six top twenty-five teams on our schedule. Yeah, yeah. I was say Penn State is at least ranked higher than us right now. By yeah, all, yeah, I'm top twenty-five right now. Yeah, so. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So even if you go eight and four, you've beaten somebody that 
pundits have expected you not to beat. So, right. yeah. It's going to have a marked effect on recruiting. What we put on the field is going to have an effect on recruiting. And it, I, again, W's is not the only goal here, right? For Brian Harson in sure. year one. Sure. You know, sure. They're nice, but you know, we just got to be realistic. Again, I mean, I, I'm used to, <laughs> I, I guess I'm, I'm, I, I, Mike, I'm reminded of that night. You and I were the national championship game in the Rose Bowl bucket list type of, of situation for me. And I remember walking, even though I was disappointed in the outcome, I remember walking back to the car thinking, man, if this was year one, man, what what is the rest of this tenure is going to be like? Right. And, and it was fool's goal. And, and what it trained me is I want to see what this program looks in year three in year four. Are we going backwards? Even if we go nine and three, are we going backwards? As, as some of these older guys move on and now you got your kids in here, what what is the DNA of this program? What does it look like? Right. And so. Yeah, I, I want I want Auburn to win. I'm going to be rooting for us to win, but I, I want to see. <clears throat> and we talked about it in in the beginning of this show. Like, what is the attitude of these kids like? Are they showing up? Are they working hard? Like, what what's the attitude of these kids? And, and to me, I think knowing that we're on the right, going in the right way, just depends on. Even when we lose, we can learn a lot. You know what I mean? We can learn a whole lot in terms of how we lose. Like when we lost to LSU on the road in Malzahn's first year, I came away from that game encouraged, right? Because Auburn figured some stuff out about themselves and about their opponent. They look like a different team coming out of halftime. Yeah. I want to see how we look against the Georgias and Alabamas. I want to see how we look when we, when we lose, did, did we make, did we make our rivals work for it? Or did they just, were they, were we playing that second team? in the third and fourth quarter, right? So I, I just want to see, th- those are things to me that can't be necessarily measured in wins and losses. I just want to know that it is new. Things have changed at Auburn. For me, that makes me happy because I've been faked out before. So forgive me if I'm a little hesitant to put a record in terms of determining Auburn's success this year. War Rapport family, it's your boy, Mike G. The 2021 season is almost here and we're cooking up a bunch of amazing new content for our listeners. New segments, new giveaways, new interviews, and new game day experiences. But you have to be an insider to get in on the action. So head on over to YouTube and search for The War Rapport. When you see the channel, look for the join button. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss what we've got coming. So keep listening. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app and get your weight up by becoming an insider for the 2021 Auburn football season. Let's go, baby. Now let's get back to it. Ike, I do have a question for you. How do you feel about it? And, and congrats to Nino Brown. He 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 just got a new uh, a new addition to his family. Congrats to you, sir. You watching from the hospital. I don't even know how you're doing that. <laughs> but he he made a mention of... He made a mention of us getting local kids out the state of Alabama. We talked about the importance of getting kids from Alabama, good kids that that we know can contribute. Talk to us, sir. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned this last time when we were talking about the Caden story. Get, I think it's super important to to establish yourself as a recruiting presence in the state of Alabama. Um, there's no way 
that you can begin to swing the momentum in your direction if you're constantly losing your own backyard. Uh, you know, like, why, why would I want to come play at Auburn when you can't produce some of the best, like in your own backyard, you can't recognize talent, then what's making me think that you're going to be able to get it from across the country, right? It's mm-hmm. just not going to be a real thing um, on a consistent basis. It's just, it's it's too easy to look down the street and find talent when the talent's there. And if you're if you're consistently missing on the talent that's right down the street, then there's no reason why a recruiting trip to Seattle is going to make a big difference. Right. So you, you just you have to be able to do that on a consistent basis. And I think it's important um, to signal to players here in the state that we're, we're watching. Right. We want to see you guys come up here and compete. Um, and we have the opportunity for you to compete at a high level. Um, so it's, it's a good thing to start seeing those recruiting battles uh, start to win, or swing in our favor, specifically for the better players. Right. Like we can get the two and three stars from the state. Um, but we need we need the four and five ones that are here right in Alabama to be here consistently and getting the right ones. Right. So it's not just the star rating. It's about the ones that fit the best with the culture and with your ability to, to utilize them and see them um, make a difference for your team. So um, that's yet that part's yet to be seen. We have seen a couple of recruits come, but it's yet to be seen whether or not we're getting the right ones. Um, so hopefully that's right. To be determined. Any thoughts, Mike G? Before we no, man, he said it perfectly. You know, are we getting the right ones? Right. Um, this system. How do, how are these kids going to fit into what um, what he's trying to do? And I would even counter that. Like we have a lot of uh, kids that were built for a much different system, and what they had to do this off season was they had to remold a lot of those kids in the weight room to fit what Harson is trying to do. We're going to see how successful they were at that in a few weeks. Yeah. Right. Cause they're going to be asked to do some very different things physically on the football field, uh, because the system is going to require some different things of them. And what I hope what we see is the, the, the gap between what they, what they need them to be and where they got them to is, um, compensated for by scheme. Right. So if they didn't get all the way where you needed them to, I expect that we will come up with a scheme, particularly offensively, that will cover up some of our sins in, in, you know, of the past. Right. Right. Like, so um, we got red in our ledger. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Like, what yeah. And so we, <laughs> uh, we need to we need to make up for some of that with, with scheme. Indeed. Indeed. Well, well, guys, uh, Auburn reports today, right? They got some meetings tomorrow, and they actually hit the field on Friday, man. We finally made it to fall camp. Yeah. After what felt like three years of an offseason, it's finally here, guys. Uh, any any thoughts and feelings, man, going into going into fall camp? What, what, are, what are How y'all feeling, man? Talk to me. Um, you know what? I'm just ready to some, some of these uh, folks that we didn't get an opportunity to see in spring. Uh, I'm ready to see how they're going to perform. My biggest thing really is, has the chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver gotten better, right? Like, have we had an opportunity to develop that? Um, and can we get through the fall without any significant injuries? Like, I, if, if we can do those things, I will be happy because I feel as if we have a good chance 
with good chemistry between the quarterback and wide receivers and a healthy team to make some noise this year. Uh, outside of that, man, you know, uh, again, there's there's new faces that I'm I'm anxious to see what they're going to do. We haven't had a chance to see uh, the battle that's going to be brewing in the defensive backfield. We haven't had a chance to see, um, you know, the battle, which we assume is really a battle for the number two quarterback spot um, going into game one, um, because Bo Nix is the presumed starter for game one. We haven't had an opportunity to see who are the five they're going to trot out there for the offensive line. We haven't had a chance to see who's going to yeah. emerge as the main pass catching target. We haven't had it. Like there's just so many, we don't so know out here. Right. And so we're looking forward to seeing how people are going to perform, who's going to emerge uh, healthy outside of the, uh, in, going into the fall into game one. And, and just who are going to be the main playmakers that are stepping up consistently in practice because that's going to give you an indication because I feel like this defense is going to be good. It's going to be an indication of who's going to be available to step up during the season. So looking forward to seeing all of those battles manifest. Talk to me, Mike G, man. What, what are you looking forward to? And, and again, guys, we're going to talk about position groups on the weekend tailgate on our Sunday mm. live show. So we'll definitely be going in depth about some of these battles and position groups. Stay tuned for that. But my G just as, as, as we're on the brink of fall camp, man, what are you looking forward to, to hearing about? What's the storyline that you're keeping close eye on? Talk to me, brother. Um, You know what? I think my eyes are going to be on this wide receiver room. We went and we picked up this former number one overall receiver out of Georgia, and I'm really high on the guys that we have. So I can't say I'm super excited about him because, you know, I'm Xavion Capers, Malcolm Johnson Jr., you know, these guys that we have here, I'm, I'm high on them. I think those are one and two type receivers um, that just haven't had a chance to show it on the field. This kid coming from Georgia, he had a chance to show it on the field. So I hope he does well if they play him. But other than that, I'm still riding with the guys who we had in the tank before his arrival. Uh, and they need to do something with this talent. They need to they need to get these guys to a good place where they're um, we, we we start developing wide receivers and start putting out wide receivers regularly. Yeah. We just need to stop wasting talent at that position. So. Um, I was I was doing something interesting this uh, this uh, this week, and I was uh, trying to I was cutting up film. So I'm sitting in front of my computer right here, and I'm cutting up film. And I text the fellas, and I was just like, "Guys, I'm I'm cutting this film, and uh, if I don't use players from last year, there's almost nothing to cut." Mm. Right, like our offensive scheme last year was really unimaginative and it was it, there was just a ton of things i mean three guys now i know our top three receivers left but man you know there was nothing beyond that nothing and i just died there was no need for that yeah. you know, they, we could have used more guys on offense last year yeah so that puts us in a position where we return only 15 percent of our receiving yards from the prior year, that's the lowest total in oh, well over a decade. Yep. And now everybody's down on this wide receiver room just because we haven't seen it. But yeah. that's not their fault. Right. Yeah, because if you like, actually look at targets, then it's not... 
<laughs> I mean, like, when did they get opportunities? Two Not a lot. lot. Not yeah. a lot. Yeah, Not there weren't lot. any opportunities there, right? So between Xavion and Malcolm and JJ and, you know, um, uh, Kobe Hudson, I'm not sleeping on him either, right? Like, I just think we have a lot of talent there. And depending on what happens at quarterback, um, these guys may, may have to help us some. I'm looking for them to step up, right? They have to, they're going to have to help whoever plays quarterback at whatever point of the season, some do their part. Now, when you don't have any experience and you're trying to earn a starting spot, you have to take advantage of every opportunity you get. You can't go out there and waste any drops. Drops I do not think will be tolerated. Right. So we're we're deep enough in the wide receiver room where if you're dropping the ball, you just go sit down somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's where I'm at with these guys. Like, you know, they need to catch them. I don't see a lot of multiple wide receiver sets in this offense. Mm -hmm. Um, Since we're going to be featuring a tight end. So if you get out there, you better shine. Right. Remember what Courtney Taylor told us. He said they knew they were going to be blocking. And he, so he said, I I had to catch everything that came my way because those opportunities were limited. And then he left here as the all time leader in receptions and an offense that didn't throw the ball very much. Yeah. Because he he literally, I mean, listen, I, I, he had a ball magnet on his hands. He just caught everything he threw at him. He arguably made the biggest catch of that 2004 season. So that's what I feel like this offense is going to mirror that a little more in year one. As they try to manage the quarterback position and not put too much on that. But it is going to increase the pressure with reduced opportunities to make sure that you catch everything. Because I don't think we're going to go out there and throw the ball 40 times a game. Right. And if we are, it's because we are playing catch up because we're down big and there's no other chance. Right. I don't think Brian Harson wants to play that way. I I mean, Bobo traditionally has not called games in a way where it's going to be pass heavy. Um, So I don't anticipate that being part of the game plan. Um, And I, I just don't think it's... It hasn't worked the first two years under um, Bo Nix as quarterback. Why would we run it back a third time where we're going to be right. pass heavy? I just don't make it, see it make sense. Right. right. So right. I'm going to be, my eyes are on the receiver room. Uh, they they have, they're unproven, uh, like, again, they're unproven, but I think that they still have, a, there's a world of potential there that everybody's going to be sleeping on. And when people are sleeping, you can catch them lacking and just take advantage of them in these first few games. I mean, we start out with Kareem Puffs, man. Yeah. And now, whether they... I'll be interested to see what the game plan is, whether they just play ball control and try to run it down Akron's throat, or whether we actually try to move the ball through the air and execute some version of this offense that we're going to see in other games. Yeah. You know, I would like to I would like to see a balanced offense, man, where we're we're keeping defenses honest and we're working on that. You know, when when teams try to take something away, we can actually we have a, a much of a balanced offense to where we can take what the defense gives us. We can throw the ball. We can't hopefully the and, and to your point, Mike G, I'm I'm eager to see how well can we push the ball down the field if right. need be. You know what I mean? How how are we doing in those 20 plus throws? 
How are we doing in those intermediate throws to make the defense think, all right, I can't stack the box, right? We're going to have to play this offense honest. Uh, This this is a new Auburn team, right? So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. We we got uh, the old man watching with us, man. I haven't seen you in a minute. My man, my guy. He's mentioning uh, the tight ends. That's another position group to keep a close eye on. There's going to be a lot of intriguing um, because despite what people want to imagine about Auburn, we still have a lot of talent on our roster. Um, And uh, if you, for the first time in a while, I feel like talent is what's going to hit the field, not preference. Yeah. Yeah. If if the most talented player at each position is going to be on the field, then we have a good opportunity to win consistently. Um, Yeah. Because... You know, again, what I've been sold from day one is discipline and accountability and focus. So if you have talented players that are able to do those things, stay disciplined, be accountable and be focused, you're going to get W's because the talent should allow you to be able to do those things at a high level. But if you're missing the focus, you're missing that grit, that accountability, that that ability to go into the game and know what your assignment is, doesn't matter how talented you are because you can be out-skiing, right? You can't out-skiing guys who are both talented and focused. It's very difficult to do because you're going to be where you're supposed to be on a play. Indeed. Indeed. Before before you jump in, Mike, shout out Dr. Doom. Hashtag Bo Nix for Heisman. Listen, I want to see it. I want to see if it. Bo Nix has a Heisman worthy season. We're winning the national championship this year. I will say that right. That's now. why I want to see it. <laughs> That's why I want to see it. I, I'm, 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 I'm here. There's I'm here no for way it. you can convince me Bo Nix plays well enough for uh, him to be in contention for the Heisman. And the talent we have on this team does not equate to a playoff berth. You can't convince me those two things live in the same reality. So those are it's not possible in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you guys got to check out the interview we did um, with Josh Pate. And, and he talked about, we we asked him his thoughts on the QB race. And he he made some reference to confidence in this, this coaching staff's ability to put guys in position to where it's going to be difficult for them to fail. Like if they fail, then it's 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 obvious they shouldn't be out there, right? So the key for Bo is just basically do the little things that Bobo and Harson is asking you to do. And I don't think they're going to ask him to be all world. I don't think they're asking him to be a Spencer Rattler. I don't think they're asking him to be that guy. They're just asking him to do what they need him to do to put Auburn in a position to win. You already got Tank behind you. You already got some guys around you, so you don't have to be all world. Just do your job. Can, can he handle that, though? That's going to tell me a lot about whether he's taking coaching or not. Yeah. Yeah, we had that question last season about a lot of the things that that Bo could improve. And we asked Chris Todd, you know, because he seemed to think that, hey, a lot of Bo's issues are super fixable. And we said, okay, so if they're super fixable, why aren't they fixing it? And the crickets after that. Right. So now we know without a doubt that they're addressing a lot of the things that Todd addressed when we interviewed him. Feet, yeah. timing, all that stuff. And if he's 
can he stay within himself? Mm-hmm. Because if he can't, I think what's going to happen is he's going to find the bench. I don't think that these coaches are going to accept a quarterback who's not going out there and doing the things that they're asking him to do. And the muscle memory that he has doing what he has been doing literally his entire football career. It's, it's got to, it's, it's, it had to stop this off season. It had to stop. So um, I am rooting for him because He's going to start the season. And it's hard to move forward when you don't know who your quarterback is. I mean, I mean, listen, Bo starts the season, but doesn't end the season. That's a setback for us. We're in for a really long season, I think, personally. Uh, Unless, it depends on how early in the season it happens yeah. and, and what happens with the backup position. Um, but I, I'll say this. I'm super encouraged from what I've seen thus far. And again, you got to be wary of videos that come out because they're not like showing you every throw he's making, um, you know, but from between what he did in the spring game, which that wasn't a, there, there wasn't a ton of time to fix stuff, but Bo's off platform throws in the spring game were few and far between, right? He really only had one that I think was a very questionable throw. And that was the deep ball to Malcolm Johnson. Yeah. Jr. Yeah. Right. Outside of that, the rest of the throws that he had, they were off platform, but he was rolling or it was like a design situation. Everything else he was balanced and he was putting it where it needed to be. The uh the one completion to Canyon was probably that that I don't know if that was a miscommunication on the way the route was supposed to be run or if that was a misthrow on Bo's part. But two throws where okay, you probably shouldn't have thrown those two outside of that. Um uh, maybe there was there was the the levels route that he was rolling to his right. He probably underthrew that one a bit, but still, I would take that if that was his output from a real game. I would absolutely take that um, because I feel like that means the remainder of that game we have done enough, and the offense is balanced. Right? He didn't have twenty throws in the first half, and they looked at he only had fifteen throws, and that was through three quarters. Right? Right. That's what I want to see from Bo Nix on offense. Um, and again, the throws look good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to produce. The first two games specifically, um, what's going to happen off of that play action um, and, and how we're able to control the line of scrimmage uh, with the offensive line. Because that's to me, that's, that's the key to it. If we can control with the right. offensive line with the run game, we're going to have a productive offense because he's going to be throwing the guys that are wide open. Mm, okay, so <laughs> I I I think based on what we said about the run game, um, and what we just said about the receivers maybe having limited chances because of how we're going to play offense, um, you know the limited opportunities that the receivers are going to have are also limit uh, limited opportunities for the quarterback for sure, right? So. I just complete- I think a lot of it's going to be dump downs and 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 screens though. Like I think a lot of what we're going to see early on is them run 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 screen quick pass. Like it's just going to be a lot of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just I'm on record as saying that I think the 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 real test of this Bobo offense is is they they're going to have to find a way to stretch the ball vertically. Period. Yeah, you can't push the ball down the field. Dump some screens aren't going to work. There's going to be a lot of long passes early. I think they're going to be super conservative and they're going to try to dominate in the trenches to get just 
We're going to keep our base offense. We're going to take shots if they're there, but it's not going to be a concerted portion of that um, early. First two games, I'd be surprised if he has more than three throws that are over 30 yards. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I'll be. Sounds like a facts or not question. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It does sound like a facts or not question. Mm. Hold on, wait. First three games? First First two two games. games. First two games, no more than three throws longer than 30 yards. I'd be surprised if I saw it. Interesting. Right, because you don't think they're going to let him throw it? Or, right, not, because, not right. completions that equate to 30 yards. I mean, I don't think that it's going to be a part of the game plan for him to air it out. From the throw downfield. Yeah, I just like, think they're going to they're gonna be, it's going to be a lot of quick stuff. And again, the completions, it, it, he may hit somebody and they catch it for like 10 yards and then turn up and get more than that. Mm-hmm. But balls that travel in the yard beyond 30 yards, I don't think that he'll have. Why I, do you I, think that is? Just yeah. because I think the, the majority of the game plan is going to be, con, it's going to be condensed and uh, the opportunities to go deep are going to be few and far between because of what they're going to be trying to scheme. It's going to be a lot. So if we do see that, is it because they schemed it or because he went rogue and just started taking shots um if it's early in the game i think that it's going to be intentional if it gets later in the game and they're just throwing it out there then i I don't know what to call for that like the first uh they they might take a a shot early right like just to see to loosen somebody up but i just don't anticipate i think it's going to be a lot of quick passes to the outside screen game um 10, 15 yards. Like the, I, I think the intermediate pass game is going to be a big portion of what we're going to be doing. Short and intermediate passes. Yeah. I, I, but well, I'm not even thinking 30 yards. I'm just, I'm, when I'm thinking down the field, I'm thinking anything beyond 15 yards, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're going yeah. to have to stretch the ball. They're going to have to stretch the field vertically to keep defenses honest. And they're going to have to hit those passes at a reasonably high clip for teams to respect it. Otherwise, yeah. you know, your I mean, they crowd they crowd the line, and it, and everything's got to be perfect. If you can't take shots, and when I say take shots, I don't mean bombs like Schwartz type bombs. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, like hey, listen, a guy is on a route up the middle of the field, 15 yards, put the ball on the money, hit it, you know, and loosen up those linebackers a little bit and slow them down so they're not pinning back their ears and coming after you. Uh, um. His per- completion percentage either way has to go up significantly. For sure. Yeah, because you cannot take less shots and then complete the same low percentage that he has been completing. That's just not going to work uh, right. because that means even less opportunities for receivers to develop. Right? Because mm-hmm. their targets are going to go way down. And then if you are not on target, just knock those out of the box for the receiver. I will feel really bad for this receiving core. You know, they deserve a quarterback who can get them the ball and let them showcase to showcase their talents. Sure. All right. Agreed. We've had that maybe two years out of eight. So listen, um, <laughs> Lauren says, if Bo balls out, I got to eat Bo Berry biscuits at the tailgate. So I'll <laughs> buy some Bo Jangles. I will. I don't, well, I don't have a Bo Jangles around here, but you know, I'll find a way to make it happen. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with. But I want, I, I would take that. Yeah. Let me get those biscuits. Yeah. I'd be, I mean, I'll be happy to yeah. eat it. I'll be happy to eat it because it means that we're headed the right direction. So, listen, I want um, to get the ball out. Yeah, there was a guy uh, in our comment section today that went back and watched some live from like two months ago to say you guys hate Bo, right? And it was a, it was a segment about T.J. Finley. Um, so I, I, I don't want to mix words here. Nobody on this show is against Bo Nix. 
All right. Everybody is for the best player. Now we have our questions about who that is because we've been trying to trust the evaluation ability of the last staff. And we found out that we, I think we all know, we all agree that we could not trust their ability to be able to evaluate talent, but that extends to every position offensively. Right. So, you know, he's not immune from that and he's the quarterback. So of course we're going to talk about it more than we do any other position. I don't think I, I don't think you can argue beside offensive line what other position affects the flow of the game more than quarterback. Yeah. Right? It's gonna get talked about. So um, you know, we haven't talked a ton about Bo lately, but shout out Bo uh Preston Holmes. He says Bo Jangles is in Union Station. Oh, I'll go with then. That's fact. I will go down to Union Station. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight metro stops for me. <laughs> <laughs> Buy some Bo Jangles, come back. Make it happen, right? Uh, I'll do it. I will do that. Um, thank be, you for that. that. I, I, I like that. Plug. I like that. Plug. Yeah, I'll eat some Bojangles. I mean, I think I made a bet about something. I got to go back and find it about wearing a Bonix jersey. Do you guys remember what the conditions were? Oh, I oh, trust me. I we'll forgot. find it. Yeah, I forgot we'll what find the conditions it. were. Yeah. yeah, we did actually have somebody pose that as a challenge. And, yeah, and yeah. I challenge. accept it. I accept it. Like, listen. Yeah, uh, I should have wrote that down. Man. Yeah. Listen, if you see me with Bo Nix jersey on, Bo Nix is having a Heisman campaign. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm all for it. And if he's having a Heisman campaign, Auburn wins. I'm always for Auburn winning. So, um, you know, this young man has a challenge in front of him this year, right? So, um, he's got some, you know, he's, you know, I know this, the competitive part of him wants to prove a lot of the doubters wrong. Everybody who doubted him, he wants to prove wrong. I think that changing coaches gave him a better chance to do that. Yeah. I really do. I think if there was any chance that he was going to prove everyone wrong, we needed to make a change at head coach. So um, now that that change has been made, uh, the excuses are going to run dry. Yeah. And despite what everybody thinks, I, I, I still am in the camp that does not think that they brought TJ Finley in strictly for depth. He is a contingency plan. In the case that the guy who they hope broke all his bad habits in one offseason, does not. Because this staff wants to win now. They want to win now. So, uh, Bowen's husband has to wear a sleeveless Milo's t-shirt for a month. <laughs> I'll send it to him. Okay, I'll send well. it to him, Corey. Milo's. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I will. I will from December to January. Guys, did y'all hear about this? Uh, appreciate your Auburn dad. Uh, what are thoughts about T. Reed being hired? I believe he's hired, I think it's for like player development or something like that. Yeah. Oh, oh, Roley gave him. What are your thoughts about that, guys? Any thoughts before yeah. we get out of here? Yeah, I don't know. I'm neutral on it. Yeah, I mean, I like that he's I like that he's making relationships with former players. Yeah, um, that's the biggest thing there. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, he, he's, an, he's a, an Auburn guy, true and true. Uh, tr- yeah. Through and through, excuse me. And uh, I think it's good to have him in the building um, to give some of that, that, that energy that you kind of miss when you have a T will that's not there anymore. Um, you know, Zach Etheridge is bringing a little bit of that energy. It's, it's good to have those types of guys that can talk and speak about kind of what it is to be an Auburn man to the, uh, the players that are coming in to kind of solidify that culture um, and help again with your in-state recruiting from that standpoint. So um, I'm happy for him because again, he's, he's been a, a, a fierce advocate for Auburn over the well. years. Um, so good for him. Mm. Well said. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. 
Guys, thanks again for hanging out with us so much throughout this offseason. Y'all have, have condensed this offseason exponentially. We couldn't have done it without you guys. Uh, and thanks for being a part of the community. Please be sure in our efforts to expand this community, share this video, guys, if you're on social media, whether you're on Twitter or Facebook, let people know that we are out here. Use the hashtag get your weight up. And if you haven't already, what are you doing? Please like and subscribe. Like this video and subscribe to us on YouTube. Please find us out on Twitter and Instagram. We are at The War Rapport. We are TW Rapport on TikTok. That is it for now, but we will definitely see you soon, guys. Until then, and as always, where you go? Where you go?